So, yeah. so absolutely treat me. Give this is the idiot's guide to learning to work agile. So please feel free to tell me absolutely basic stuff, and don't be too surprised if I ask you completely stupid question. Okay. Very good. So what we've done is, uh, because uh, obviously there is a lot of uh, material and a lot of learning, so we try to um, kind of compress it into a very quick introduction in uh, what we call Go Flamingo. And we will Whose explain. voice is this? Sorry? Oh, so I'm Joost. Hello. Oh, yeah, so Joost. I'm the, I'm the CCBT lead for refreshment in, uh, in Benelux. So I know, uh, I know. You were the one I said I want to have a deep dive with your team. Okay, very good. So nice to meet you. Nice Happy to, to, to talk you through this, but again, it's been a team effort, and Chris and, and Sebastian are here are going to jump in to, uh, to build on this. So I'm going to try to give a, a quick summary, and then uh, suggest to, uh, to try and keep the questions a little bit for the end, so uh, to have an have a open discussion on what we think is working. And we will also have a few asks where I think we can have some support from, uh, from the team, and uh, Martina will, uh, will bring those up at the end. Okay? Super. So, Go Flamingo. So this has all been uh, triggered by our uh, desire to uh, to start focusing more on growing the business first, running the business, which is which is obviously a, a very big uh, topic across Unilever, and is also something that Connie has really been uh, stimulating across the teams to have a think about how to uh, best set that up. So we started to uh, to do a few pilots with Scrum, and we had agile coaches here, and it was all all a little bit isolated initiatives uh, that were not really working. Uh, to the extent that we had hoped them to work. So uh, we came together as a team, together with the external organization consultants to decide uh, that we had to create a vision for what we wanted to become as a team and then to develop a model that would uh, hopefully work with our teams. And that's when we decided to become the most awesome team of FNR in Europe. Very good. And that's when we decided to call ourselves the Flamingo tribe. And then maybe, Sebastian, you can explain <laughs> why flamingos. Why flamingo? Uh, <laughs> yes. We need something, an icon, something that is inspiring, something that is sticking, in order to really create a movement uh, and to really get people uh, um, really passionate about it. It's important to really yeah. Uh, market it as a movement they really create something that is inspiring and that makes people move and that is not corporate and where we used to yeah. uh, you need to make it a movement and not just like a programs and uh, yes. ways of working abstract and boring because people need to really want it themselves so far the flamingo so what does it mean we really wanted to make sure that we uh, we take this program with heart and soul of the team that we try to increase our focus on the things that really uh, move the needle and that we work in a very collaborative way. So make more um, you know, available resources visible, look for trapped capacity in the system and really be very resourceful in everything that we do. So we defined a number of, uh, of building blocks that we needed. So first of all, we uh, were inspired by the Spotify model of organizing around squads and working with, um, with a different uh, type, uh, type of team setup with product owners. We'll come to that in a second. Then we started to use new collaborative tools and agile methods. We tried to fully implement the whole be resourceful thinking on using uh, specific ways of uh, adding uh, a flex where you need it. Yes. And we also looked into the, the working space that we have within the office, of course, within the constraints that we have here, but really tried to make it uh, a more collaborative working space. Yes, are you doing genuine flow to work in the sense is everybody doing their job and then finding 15-20% of the time to work in a squad or have you genuinely moved people so we started with the scrum pilot by having people one or one and a half day to work in a dedicated team focusing yeah. on certain projects and we learned 
quite quickly that that was super difficult because they were always distracted by the demands of the daily job. So that's also when we realized that we needed a different system. Yeah. And that's when we started to move all of the marketing teams. So we're talking about refreshment uh, marketing here, uh, Benelux into squads. And the squads still have the, let's say, the the focus that they used to have. So we have a, a beverages team, we have two ice cream teams, uh, we have an in-home deploy team, and we have a channel market team in out-of-home. And these were kind of the functional teams that we had. But the big change is that we organize the work um, around Kanban, and we plan everything in two, week, uh, two weekly sprints, and we have a daily stand-up to, uh, to talk about what's, uh, what's going on. But the difference between a normal team with a team lead and a squad with a product owner is that the squad is responsible for delivering the prioritized projects in the two weeks and the product owner is going to decide what the priorities are. Yes. And that's different. So we remove the hierarchy within the team. The team is responsible for delivering. The product owner is responsible for defining what the priorities are and is also the gatekeeper to avoid other teams from putting too much ad hoc, ad hoc work into uh, what the team is working on. Yeah. And, and if I may add, in one squad, everyone is uh, a developer uh, and you lose the former job etiquette, uh, you're doing this brand, you're doing this brand, you're doing this brand. So we really foster collaborations through skills uh, uh, and of, of each individuals in the squad, yeah, which I think excellent. is a big difference versus what it used to be, because they were only doing what was supposed to be for their brand. Yeah. And so what is the, the discipline for the deliverable? Can you keep adding to deliverables till you have done enough and done? How does this work? Yeah, so that's where Kanban comes into play. So Kanban is uh, it's something coming from manufacturing where you uh, really try to visualize everything that needs to happen. And this was actually one of the things when we started that we said, you know, we have very energetic people. Everybody loves to do a lot. We're not really good at saying no to stuff. And we keep adding. But at the same time, we don't have a very granular overview on everything that's going on on a daily or weekly basis. So of course, we know the big things that people are working on, but we wouldn't be able to say, so this person is doing these things in the, in the coming two or three days. Usually that would be discussion a line manager would have if somebody runs into trouble with mm. doing this stuff. Then you say, let's have a look at your agenda, your to-do list, mm. where can I help? But this Kanban system is going to force everyone to put all the tasks on the plan board. We have a discussion every two weeks on what the priority is. We divide across the team and we, we track progress through the two weeks with the daily stand-up to see if there are any bottlenecks yeah. that prevent us from moving forward. And this does two things. One, it really helps people to prioritize. It also makes it very clear what we expect them to be doing. And it also uh, surfaces issues very quickly that would otherwise potentially end up with becoming something uh, of a problem mm. later in the process. And in intuitively, you would say, hey, but that means that we give less room to people. They're not deciding what to work at anymore. But we also learned that it is actually in the complex world that we live in and the very high speed that we have, very difficult for people to intuitively really know what are the key things I need to be doing today and tomorrow that are going to have the impact on the, on the business overall. And Kanban really, really helps. I want to add something. to ask your coach? Yeah, it's um, so we have an, an agile coach and, and it uh, has been someone from an external company so far helping us setting up the system. We've now trained uh, someone in our team to help do it in the sprint change. Uh, the ask your coach here, it's mainly related to things around team dynamics and um, 
you know, tools and systems that we need in order for the system to uh, to operate. It requires quite some discipline because in, in order to... Give me an example of what would be the kind of thing that you would want to ask your coach. What is that a typical Unilever, uh, you know, team learning to work in this way would like to ask their coach so that I understand better. I think so. The discussions we have in general around the team uh, dynamics, yeah. it's more on um, you know how can we make sure that that although we have made clear what the priorities are, you will see a natural behavior towards people still doing a lot of ad hoc stuff because yeah. that seems to be important. And um, the the things that you discuss with the coach are really about how to create the discipline again for enforcing the system. And there also things like uh, you see that, for instance, uh, uh, connecting sales to the to the teams is sometimes yeah. difficult because the key account managers, they also have lots of external contacts they need to take into account. So sometimes you see also some cross-functional topics popping up on how do we uh, um, uh, um, be inclusive for teams that are not yet working this way, but we still need. Yeah. And the coach is really the agile coach. So that means on the process of Kanban. So it's not a, a coach that, let's say, what we would normally say team coach or somebody yeah. who is coaching you on your personal development. Yeah. Very good. And uh, you would recommend that in any rollout, the access to a coach is there for the team. We need to have agile coaches that help facilitate the process and that keep the discipline in the process. Because if you don't do the... Um, Kanban in the right approach, if you don't do the daily stand-up, if you don't do a retrospective uh, every uh, now and then to learn from what you've done, it's very easy to float back to the old way of working and then it's not working. So you need to be super, super sharp on keeping it in place. And and of course, because of all the team changes we have, new people coming in all the time, yeah. it is kind of a continuous task for the agile coaches to, to keep the system up and running. You know, a couple of things I wanted to um, ask. One is uh, in, uh, in technology tools, I think you're coming to that. What all tools did you need? Yeah. So Kanban, I get it, one of the tools. What are the other tools you needed in terms of technology terms to learn to work in this way? And I see yeah. your next slide is already on that. Yeah, yeah so the, the other thing is when we started to talk about uh, what's causing the um, uh, not enough focus in the teams, you know, what's what's driving the distractions. We said actually uh, email is a big part of that because an email is giving everybody a full inbox and it's not very organized and everybody feels a kind of urge to continuously, although you can say 100 times, you know, don't look, look at your inbox uh, too many times, not everything is important, don't CC, don't reply all, it still happens all the time. So, you know, it's almost like a broken system, although we still need it. We started to um, to understand what kind of things there were to work with, like Slack, you know, what are the startups using. And then, as it turned out, Microsoft Teams, which was already in our office uh, available tools, is comparable to Slack. And it is actually a much better way to, uh, to organize your internal conversations. So what we said to the team is, try to have all, you know, emails that you would normally send to one person unless it's for example fully <coughs> confidential or it contains something that you want to file in a certain place you move chat uh, conversations to ms teams but also you organize around channels and uh, and topics so you have a group and then you have certain channels 
you can have all conversations there. You can add your files. It automatically links to SharePoint. So it's much easier to have a focused conversation around topics. And this already reduced the email pressure with at least 40%, I would uh, assume. You will still have email because you are also engaging externally. Sometimes you need to forward files, but it's a different way of working. And we also wrote kind of an etiquette book on how to use MS Teams. It's and not what perfect happens, yet. Does your regular emails reduce because the rest of you yes. deliver, you still need to do emails with, right? True. How so I think, work? so we, our estimate is it's, it's probably around 40% less email in the teams that we have because all the internal team conversation is now yeah. taking place in Microsoft Teams. And Microsoft Teams has a number of advantages. So first of all, it has a different pressure because you don't have an inbox with 100 things, although you, though you see notifications in the channel that you need to participate. It's more at your discretion when to go in and when to interact with the conversation. Yeah. It's also a place where somebody posts a question to a group and somebody can answer instead of you send an email to six people that yeah. all have an email in their inbox and they do a reply all and before you know it, you have 50 uh, messages in the inbox. Yeah. It's, it's uh, also a way if you have a new team member, you just add them to the group and they will see all the history. It's already yeah. organized per channel. So I think, you know, okay, it's very good. I'm going to try this. I'm looking at Penny and Duke. Shall we try MS Teams? Does it work? Have you tried it? We have one set up. We're going yeah. to use it as part of our plan until on Friday with the Kanban integrated into Teams. Yeah? yeah. Oh, very good. Thanks. I'm going to try this out, guys. If I fail, I'm going to give you a call. Uh, the difficulty, what you saw, Lena, in, uh, I think in the beginning is that... Uh, uh, the, the first phase, people have two systems in parallel. Wow. And then you still have yeah. email, and then you still and you, then you add MS Teams, and instead of one channel, you have then two channels. Yeah. And it, so the beginning, it creates complexity. Yeah. Uh, so you need to really think on uh, how to set it up and for what groups and what teams, because you need a bit of volume together to really reduce email. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Super. And, and I think one important thing what I see happening is that it really... Uh, stimulate a feedback feedback culture on what you make so it's really collaboration tool and not just a communication tool yeah so you see more than ever what is being created and you see more than ever people yeah. feedbacking giving feedback on what is being creating well in the progress of making it very good. And we also good. we also said if you look at the way that WhatsApp has grown now yeah. everybody has around fifty uh, WhatsApp groups in their uh, private phone. Yes. And it's also a distraction in the weekend. I mean, and nobody means it with intent to disturb other people. But you know, if you're in a group with fifty colleagues and somebody says happy birthday to one, so what are you going to do? <laughs> fifty people need to say now oh happy birthday. Oh my god! I know, I know. You know, WhatsApp is uh, is still there. You can use it if if there's an urgent thing or a personal message or whatever. But you have chat functions in Microsoft Teams and this also kind of brings the private life back much more back to the mobile phone so that all the business related communication is uh, is in the MS Teams channel and that also it's works very well. That's a good point. We should try and experiment with this. Mm -hmm. you, have you seen Zugata? Martin, did you see Zugata? This yeah, yeah. That's more on the feedback. Feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was discussing yesterday with some other team that in Italy that they are doing also with Gianfranco, Agile Ways of Working, and they are using Sugata into these teams that are going agile because then you can share the flexible uh, outcomes of a given project. Yeah. So it might be Quickly. good for you, yes, yeah, to yeah. test Zugata as well in these teams. What is our point of view? Is a point of view that we need both Zugata and teams to help a team work well, yeah. or we can? Yes. Do with one. No, you I, need both. Yes, you need both. both. Yeah. 
It's a two different purposes. As yeah. per what I've seen so, so far, because Microsoft Teams is this uh, chatting, you put files in there, you de decrease email. So Gata is about yeah. collaboration and flexible goal setting. Yeah, so Microsoft Teams will replace your WhatsApp, your inbox, and, and a bit of your uh, uh, PowerPoint and your files, actually. SharePoint. Yeah, yeah your SharePoint. SharePoint. I yeah. think Sugata yeah. will um, replace PDPs yes. and uh, 3 plus 1s. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. No, it might be nice yeah. if we have a team that tries this integrated, but this is a great yeah. point, even because yeah. WhatsApp is, you know, yes. I can't handle WhatsApp anymore. I've gotten yeah. out, you know, it's just too much now. Yeah. Yeah. I land in a country and there's 700 messages that have come from 50 groups. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so then the next thing we did is looking at um, stuff that we could insource or that we could make more, um, uh, let's say, easy on the team. So yeah. first we worked with the U-Studio setup and now also have two in-house DTPers yeah. um, that, you know, can be immediately accessed by the marketing teams yeah. to do creation on the floor. Well, that's nothing new because it's, it's of course, the part of the new studio thinking. Yeah. Then we have an uh, annual agreement with the PR agency and a grid to be much more fast on uh, on getting uh, PR initiatives out, especially for ice cream. That was very important. And we have uh, one dedicated guy who is um, making nice PowerPoint designs uh, all day around. So we uh, have our teams, they can just focus on the content and then the layouting is, uh, is outsourced with the guy. Yeah, so I think, Lena, this is where being re resourceful and agile so, comes together. And so one of my key learnings in this whole process was that uh, the agile ways of working, uh, they force you to focus on what work needs to be done and Correct. also on the work that is still there, but maybe adding not enough value. And because you uh, chop the work down into specific tasks, you immediately see where there are groups of tasks that can be organized in a better way. So uh, it's really insightful to see how the two uh, programs really connect together. Yeah. Yeah. You can't disconnect. Um, agility from being resourceful because we're constantly challenging on the one hand what we're doing and then how you should do it because you have your what you know what to do and then there's a question can we even reinvent how we are doing things it's not always a people um, aspect it's also uh, many times it's uh, tools what yeah. new can you use what external agencies what is available within the unilever system that we don't know about and that we're discovering but for example we are with one person that is really embracing this mindset we created a completely new brand a full innovation funnel the product from a to z thanks to incorporating this being resourceful mindset into our agile ways of working excellent that's really good news because we want to push both you know agile yeah. and being resourceful so what helped you how have you become so abundant mindset saying there's plenty out there the ecosystem is big, there's plenty in Unilever, plenty outside, and I can use it all to do my own job better. How did you, what helped you get to that mindset? I think from uh, talking for the Belgian team, but I think it's similar in the Dutch team. First of all, it starts with um, what Sebastian said in the beginning, it's creating this kind of flamingo idea and really something that people can connect to emotionally, which puts you in a different state. But then specifically on being resourceful here is the power of networking. In the beginning, I really pushed the people out to go out there and network with in, at conferences, um, private label fairs, and people start to get this kind of um, notion of 
wow, I can do things without really using extra Unilever resources. There's people around me. There's this dynamic of all these startups. So once you push them in that dynamic and get them out there, they start to see the advantages. And then on the other hand, it's something we try to implement. And in the refreshment mindset, it's in a way, just do it. Excellent. This is such music to my ears. And I also think he was building on that that it requires different skills from the line manager um, and the coach in a way, because you truly need to start supporting your people that they can be free. Yep. That they should, because in the end, what you get back as a feedback, people are scared to get out there. Oh, but this is not how Unilever does it. So it creates also stress. Yes. Um, so you need skills to support you. It's okay. Um, and that is for me an unlock that we can act as a barrier and um, really get them in that idea, whatever happens, you will be supported. So can I ask, what happened for you first? Was it uh, breaking free through um, the agile mindset? So once that you broken out from a hierarchy, you started working in squads, was it also easier or not to think differently? Was it an enabler? I'm thinking how agile also um, it starts breaking you free from yeah. that mindset. It helps with the bioresourcial mindset. You're moving from her. That's the big insight for me today. That actually learning to work in agile ways improves your mindset to experiment with, yes. with other things. Yes. You're breaking yes. yourself free. Because you're already having to unlearn, yeah. relearn something. Yes. So then yeah. you and you're having to break that. your work into things. Already. Mm. This is the you know yes. one of our biggest yes. challenges yeah, yeah, why we don't it. have as much impact yeah. as intention mm. is because Unilever intentions are fantastic. You go into any meeting, you'll come away inspired because we all have big intentions. We should do this and we should do this and then change the world. But the translation of intention to impact yes. is much less. Yes. Yeah. So True. And that's, you know, in the Kanban, you plan your two weeks and you also have a backlog with things we want to do. So it makes it much more visible exactly. that we don't have the resources to do everything that we want to do. And that already triggers the discussion on, so what alternative ways do we have to pick up projects that we still want to do, but that we cannot do ourselves? So the, the biggest learning, Lena, yeah. it's while listening to this team and they got me inspired and Martina, yes. is exactly that we're rolling out Agile and we're, we're rolling, rolling out resourceful. But actually it's the same yes, thing. We need to do this. That is the insight for me. Too. Yes. Well done, you're still giving me so many ideas. You can yes. take full credit when this is done across <laughs> the company. You can say we were the ones who told Lena what to do. Yes. <laughs> Good learn with Lena moment. Learn yes. with Lena moment. Put on Yama. Yeah. I will give you full credit, don't worry. <laughs> Very good. You just use the flamingo and then we'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I'll use the I'll even wear a flamingo dress to, to to launch it across the company if that makes you happy. Of course, in order to uh, make sure that our people understood that we, we meant this very seriously, we also really changed the offices and made it much more, yeah. let's say, open, creative, etc. We already had an open office, but we still thought it was better to arrange around the, the Kanban plan boards and to have a nice uh, new furniture and stuff. Uh, of course, all very ZBB, but still impactful. Uh, and that also helped to uh, to make people feel at home in the new way of working. So where are we now? We started uh, in December with announcing last year, and we are now in, uh, let's say, the end of uh, phase one, where we really went working in squads, introduced Kanban, used the new tools, relocated some of the services in-house, and reorganized where we work. 
uh, we now have a lot of learnings and we start to move into phase two. And in phase two, we are going to add a, a number of things. So we're going to have a dedicated local innovation squad who's picking up the 10, 10, 20% C4G ideas because they always tend to, uh, yeah. you know, to not be actioned fast enough within the, the teams. So we created kind of capacity within the, in the squads to, uh, to add this. We are working on um, um, defining marketing operations, which means what are the tasks we can automate as part of the integrated operations project. Uh, are there dedicated things that we can either outsource or, or put with one person to again liberate marketeers to work on their uh, marketing job. Um, and then work smarter, there's still a topic for us to be more flexible around arranging projects across the squad or to have people move from one squad to the other within either a sprint or in uh, uh, EPIC, which is let's say a one or three month uh, period. And we're looking into increasing personal and team effectiveness because personal effectiveness, it's re really needed to have the discipline to uh, work in the system. Uh, and then of course, skill up and share knowledge is an ongoing part of, uh, of training the people, etc. And then our vision for phase three, which yeah. is probably going to be around the end of the, the year, is to really have very flexible project resourcing. So our ambition is that we at a CCBT level are able to really define all the projects we have and then define, you know, what people are going to work on what projects and uh, see what we need to either outsource or stop. Uh, because that is really going to make a match between capacity that you have available, capacity that you need outside, and the projects that you need to be doing. And it's going to make it easier to <laughs> move more stuff. Because when we started to do this, we also said, look, guys, um, we know everybody is really busy. We're already doing a lot. But we also know it's only going to get more. You know, moving forward, we will do much more pilots. We will have much more stuff. So we either re reorganize how we work or everybody is uh, is going to end up being burned yeah. out or etc. You know, it's it, it's in these time and days not enough to say, let's cut half of the projects and then uh, we're able to go. You know, it doesn't work like that. And that really started to help people think in a different way. Super. So then we also do uh, tracking. So every month we send out a questionnaire to uh, to see how uh, how this is progressing. So it's a simple survey monkey. Uh, three minutes, um, you know, people filling the questionnaire. And so far, we've had very good scores. The people really say they like the new way of working. It improves the focus. It helps them communicate better. Everybody's saying we don't want to go back. I mean, we still need to learn a lot. We are con continuously fine tuning yeah. and taking the feedback to optimize, but uh, nobody uh, wants to go back. You say, oh, good, you've come to it. I was going to ask you, is it becoming a movement? And you answered my <laughs> The other thing is on your uh, scores, I saw that Microsoft Teams is not scored as highly. Is that a problem? Yeah, so um, to, there are still some challenges around how are you organizing the channels and the ah. conversations within Microsoft Teams. So we have uh, Microsoft people helping us to optimize. It's it's really on getting used to it. it it's very easy to fall back into email because it's been used forever. Everybody knows and the whole world still communicates mm -hmm. like that. But we are convinced that in the end, Microsoft Teams is really the better option for internal communication. And it just, I mean, it's a big change project. Eh? So it takes time to really get it into... Uh, into people's uh, hard it's not the tool itself i no. think it's more the the shift in behavior yeah, that it's yeah. and also the etiquette and the way yes. that we yeah. use it yeah. and the second thing and we, we didn't really cover it in detail here but what we're also doing is we have dedicated learning slots where we kind of bundle all the cascades that are coming from unilever and we've said look we will recap we will summarize and we will make sure that you're not going to miss anything and we will feed it all into a dedicated learning session with the whole team. So forget about everything that's incoming. 
will filter it because usually a two hour webcast we can summarize in 15 minutes with the key messages that are relevant for the team. Uh, then a challenge, keep discipline. Um, it is really a different way of working, but you need to do it every day. And that's actually also an interesting one because you have the daily rhythm. It's difficult for people that are part-time or especially people that are job sharing. Because if you're not in, let's say, at least four out of the five days, it starts to really become difficult to, uh, to follow the pace. So we are also looking at what does it mean for the roles that we have for these people. Of course, we still see a, a, a big role for part-timers and, uh, and, and people with job sharing, but maybe you know, it's, uh, in, they get specific projects, etc. So it's difficult to be fully in the Kanban flow if you're only there half of the time. Yeah. Fantastic. Super. If we were to move you to a new job, would you reorganize your team to work like this? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I also, I wouldn't want to go back to the old way, which is more meetings, more, you know, preparing yeah. handovers, as we call them, which is making a presentation to update on how things are going. Mm -hmm. It's just taking too much time, you know, that we are missing to focus on really improving the products, improving the communication and, uh, and getting the business results. Yeah. And what did you have to give up, Joost, to make this happen? Well, I mean, and, and you see a difference as some people, so I think especially for, let's say, team leads and, and more senior leadership, you really need to let go of uh, command and control. Eh? It's yeah. really about empowering the team. So, for example, I will not be asking my team for uh, preparing an update to present to me how things are going. I literally, I just, for example, if Head Targets, our local dessert ice cream brand, they had an Easter campaign. I would just go into the Microsoft team channel and have a look on what the team is working on. And, uh, you know, unless I think it's not going in the right direction, then I could engage, but otherwise I just let it go. You know, it's, uh, it's a different way of, uh, yeah, it's not managing. It's really empowering being there for the people. So much more focused on understanding what's still uh, limiting them to fully endorse this and how we can liberate them even more than uh, on uh, asking them to up update me on how the business is going. Yeah. And I think that is one of the biggest uh, challenges. Eh? So you see that we have le leaders in the organization, also the great leaders, but they have a way of working developed over the last 25 years on how they organize work. Uh, and it's uh, also if leaders are not very much hierarchically, as in the Benelux often is the case, because I think we're quite informal already, but still people want to, to control and understand then uh, yeah, they have a rhythm of checking in with the team, where is it, uh, where, what's the status of the work, and yeah. you see in this, it's completely different, Joost yeah. gave us a CLT update a couple of weeks ago, where we normally have a 60 page uh, slide deck, and one and a half hours to review, to review the refreshment business, and Joost said, let's uh, go to the third floor, uh, we uh, walk around the Kanban boards, and the teams are just working and giving us a bit of a verbal update, so no slides, nothing. Mm. Difference. Mm. Mm. Very good, very good. Uh, you know, uh, used all of the things you're saying on this chart is uh, something I'm already very committed to. This is exactly the kind of things we're putting our energy on. So I'm glad you good. feel those will make a difference. Very good. Happy to hear. This it's is it's great, it's Team yeah. Flamingo. Very good. You've um, <laughs> inspired me. So. Um, you know, well done, well done. I'm really glad to see it takes courage to experiment. It takes courage to fail and try again. So it's great to see you being courageous. Well done.